0: Welcome to the Paralegal Voice, where you hear the latest issues and trends in the world of paralegals and legal assistance by two of the best-known paralegals in the industry, Vicki Voison and Link DeVenny, each of them paralegals for over 20 years and both dedicated to helping legal professionals reach their goals. You're listening to The Legal Talk Network.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Paralegal Voice. Thanks for joining us for our monthly podcast here on Legal Talk Network. I'm Vicki Voison, a NALA Advanced Certified Paralegal calling in from Charleville, Michigan, where I've worked as a paralegal for more than 20 years. I call myself the Paralegal Mentor and publish a weekly e-newsletter titled Paralegal Strategies. More information is available at paralegalmentor.com. I'm Lynn DeVinney, a North Carolina State
2: Bar Certified Paralegal who works for a small civil rights firm in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Coming at you today with a raging sinus infection, so I'm going to let Vicki talk more. Um, I also blog for paralegals at practicalparalegalism.com and
1: would love for you to come by and check out the site. Sorry you don't feel well today, Lynn. Uh, Santa. It's all Santa's fault. Brought uh-huh, the there, you infection. Go. there you go. Uh, the goal of the Paralegal Voice is to discuss a wide range of topics important to the paralegal industry and share with you leading trends, significant developments, and resources you'll find helpful in your career and your everyday job. We'll also have guests on the program to help us explore timely topics. And on today's show, we're going to discuss what attorneys wish paralegals knew and vice versa. Today we welcome Kim Walker, a senior litigation paralegal at the firm of Berger & Montague, PC, in Philadelphia. Kim specializes in complex litigation, has been a paralegal for over 27 years. She's on the board of the Philadelphia Association of Paralegals, the founder and co-chair of the association's technology committee, She's the technology coordinator for the National Federation of Paralegal Associations and a frequent writer for the Legal Intelligencer and Law.com. She also blogs at Paralegal Pi. Welcome to the Paralegal Voice, Kim.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be on the show. Oh, we're glad to to have have you here. here.
1: So, Kim, I'm really a huge fan of both your articles and your blog, so I'm very excited to have this discussion with you today, and what we're going to do is to begin with um, having you give us just a bit of information about you. Tell us a little bit about your legal career, how you got started, and what kind of work you do now.
3: It's actually a very funny story uh, how I got started. I was working as a bartender. And one day in the early 80s, I was thumbing through a Woman's Day magazine, of all things. And I came across an article titled, 10 Careers for Women That Pay $20,000 or More. So I started looking through the list, and I saw paralegal, and it looked interesting to me. So the next week, I applied for a job as a legal secretary. I got the job with absolutely no experience whatsoever. I still, to this day, have no idea. Uh, I went to the Institute for Paralegal Training in Philadelphia at night. After graduation, I got a job in the legal department for the city of Philadelphia and other jobs along the way, and I've been here at Berger and Montague since 1998, where we specialize in complex litigation.
2: Kim, you know, any story that starts, I was working as a bartender, <laughs> is going to be pretty funny. <laughs> um, and I also started out exactly the way you did in 1986 as a legal secretary without an iota of law firm experience. Honey, I did not even know what a mortgage was, because, of course, I was too poor to afford one. <laughs> Um, you're one of a small group of paralegal bloggers um who I also include Vicky and me, who provide uh, original content and career advice. How long have you been blogging at Paralegal Pi, and what's inspired you to start the blog?
3: I've been blogging at Paralegal Pi since April two thousand nine um I'm of the mindset that you never are truly good at anything unless you make every mistake. So since I've made every mistake in the book already, I thought I would have some good advice for other paralegals. I love technology, and I know that it frustrates some other paralegals. So I wanted to share what I've learned about technology along the way, some of my frustrations, and I love to write. And I've always had someone to help me when I was a newbie paralegal, and I thought that I'd like to give back. So the blog gives me a chance to give back. It gives me a chance to share with some seasoned paralegals, and it gives me a chance to give some good advice to newbie paralegals. And that just inspired me to do it. I love it.
1: Now, you also write regularly for Law.com, including the article that we're going to discuss today, What Do Attorneys Wish Their Paralegals Knew? Uh, how did you get started at as a Law.com contributor?
3: Well, this is another great story. My paralegal association, the Philadelphia Association of Paralegals, we have a monthly paralegal page in the Legal Intelligencer, which is the oldest law journal in the United States. The parent company of the uh, Legal Intelligencer is law.com. We have volunteers from our association write monthly. Um, I volunteer quite often because I love to write. And then when they publish the articles, they publish them in the Legal Intelligencer. And then 10 days later or 12 days later, if Law.com likes the article, then they pick up the article and they place it on Law.com. And then it's picked up at many different places from parent companies for uh, Law.com. They also do uh, National Law Journal, quite a few different places, LawJobs.com. So if they like an article, it gets picked up in quite a few places.
2: Kim, I'm glad you explained how that worked, because I've always wondered what the interrelation was between LegalIntelligencer and Mm Law.com, and that is an awesome benefit of membership in the Philadelphia Paralegal Association, too. It certainly is. Uh, your article what do attorneys wish their paralegals knew got a lot of buzz and discussion um, online among legal staffers especially in some of LinkedIn's paralegal groups where I helpfully posted it <laughs> <laughs> um, several other legal and paralegal bloggers also did post about the articles um, and for any of our listeners who haven't read it yet we will provide the link in our show notes at our respective blogs um, you did say in the intro to the article you did say how you got the idea for the article but for those who haven't read it yet can you just briefly tell us what gave you the idea, and did any of your findings surprise you?
3: You know, it's an, another another funny story. I'm an avid reader. I read everything, newspapers, books, magazines, fabric softener bottles, anything I can get my hands on. I like to read it. But I'm always especially uh, enjoy the types of articles that begin what your uh, insurance agent doesn't want you to know, what your flight attendant will never tell you. They always pique my curiosity, and I feel if I continue reading that I'm going to get some super secret information. So that's where the idea originally came from. I was thinking, hmm, I wonder what attorneys would really like their paralegals to know. And of course, you know, it's a question I should have posed 25 years ago. But like I said in the article, it's better late than never. My findings, I thought they were extremely interesting in the sense that the responses were almost split right down the middle between skills and professional behavior. And I was really really kind of surprised at that. I thought that it would be more skills oriented in it, that the attorneys would want their paralegals to have more technology skills or proofreading skills or any kind of skills. So I was really uh, pretty surprised that they wanted to see their paralegals dress more professionally, act more professionally in the um, office. But um, the one wish that surprised me the most was the attorney that wrote back and said, I wish my paralegal didn't leave in the middle of a work emergency. Uh, to me, unless you've sustained a gunshot wound to the head, leaving in the middle of a work emergency is just completely inexcusable. Um, and I'm actually dying to know if this paralegal still had a job the next day. Were there any ones that surprised you?
2: Uh, the one about True Blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like I'd like the spoilers
1: too, please.
2: <laughs> well, Lynn, you're a
3: True Blood fan. I know that. That's true. <laughs>
1: Uh, the one that actually surprised me was, uh, I wish my paralegal knew how important it is to get along with other people in the firm. It makes my life easier. I thought that was interesting. Um, I, I guess I hadn't thought about the stress that it might put on the attorney when people weren't getting along We're going to give our listeners some advice regarding a couple of key attorney wishes stated in the article, Kim. Uh, And what we're going to do is have you talk for a few minutes about how paralegals can improve their legal technology skills. I'm going to talk for a few minutes about professionalism in the office. And Lynn will discuss accountability and communicating clearly with your supervising attorney.
3: Great. It's one of my favorite topics to speak on. It's very easy to improve your legal technology skills, and there's four things that I would suggest. Number one, I would take advantage of free webinars and tutorials online. Every software product has a website that offers training. You must learn database management, and you must learn how to use Adobe 9 Pro, or you might as well just start looking for a new career, because those are the two things in the upcoming years that, as a paralegal, you're going to absolutely positively have to know and have to know well. The second thing I would do is I would go to the websites of the software that you use most often in your office, whether that's Microsoft, whether it's Summation, whether it's Concordance, whatever the product is, and sign up for the emails to alert you when the software is updated, which is about every 30 seconds now. For most software, when new features become available, they'll send an email right out to you. We have a new feature, we're updating this, we're updating that. And then you can go right back to the website, take a little tutorial, and see how that's going to work for you. See how you can integrate it into your law firm's practice. Um, Then, of course, you're the first one that knows how to do it, and you can show everybody else, and that always makes you look good. The third thing is don't be afraid of technology. It's okay to be skeptical, but don't fear it. Ease yourself into it. Uh, I do everything with technology, but my phone is still a BlackBerry Curve. The old kind. I've had the trackball replaced three times already. And I still use a month at a glance, handwritten in calendar. Everything else I do online. So ease yourself into it. Take the things that you you think that you can learn quickly and easily to give yourself some more confidence. And then as you tackle those, just move on to things that are more complicated. And this is the best piece of advice. Join your local paralegal association. They're the best resource for learning new technology, and giving you the support that you need. I know all the associations have technology seminars. They have education seminars. And they have people within the association that have used the software. Some of them have taught the software. Some of them have helped develop the software. And they're always there to help you. They're help to help you learn the software. Or if you ever have any questions, they're always there to help you out. So those are the four things that I would do to help improve your technology skills. You could do them right now, today.
2: Time to take a quick break now. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Kim and Vicki about things that attorneys wish their paralegals knew.
0: Introducing Westlaw Deposition Services. Our team will arrange the deposition logistics for you anywhere in the world. Our court reporters are certified live note reporters, making them the very best real-time reporters available. Our professional video production team produces trial-ready video, digitized and synced to the transcript. Experience the Westlaw Deposition Services difference so you can focus on the essential aspects of your work. To schedule a deposition, call 1-800-548-3668 or visit westlawdepositions.com. NALA means professional. NALA offers classroom and web-based continuing education and professional development for all paralegals. And NALA's certified paralegal credential has been a gold standard of professionalism for over 30 years. More than 15,000 paralegals have this certification and nearly 2,000 have achieved the demanding advanced certified paralegal. NALA works actively with others in the legal field to promote the value of paralegals and to advance paralegal professionalism. See more about why NALA means professional at www.nala.org.
1: Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. I'm Vicki Voison, and our guest today is Kim Walker, a senior litigation paralegal with the firm of Berger and Montague, PC, in Philadelphia. We're so glad to have you with us today, Kim, and I'm going to move on and talk about just briefly how paralegals can improve um, their professionalism in the office. And uh, I was reminded of this one this week because I was writing, it. uh, uh, while this is going to go out after the holidays, I was writing an article this week about uh, Santa Claus and how Santa Claus always, uh, you know, he always wears his red suit, his red velour suit, and he may not like it, but he understands that he has to look like a professional, and that's exactly what's expected of him when someone sees him. And even his stand-in Santas will dress that way, and it just doesn't. Work for Santa to be wearing, uh, you know, shorts and flip flops, and I think that comes along with how we dress in the office. Also, Um, and one of the wishes was that the um, the one of the wishes that the attorneys had was that uh, their paralegals would dress more professionally. Um, I do suggest that paralegals, especially, are are dress professionally when there are clients in the office. And for most of us, that's pretty much all the time. So, uh, you know, no sweatsuits, no shorts, no... Real techie flip-flops and that kind of thing. That's just not going to work. And also acting professionally, I think, is, is very important. Um, I, quite frankly, I'll call the attorney Mr., uh, Mr. Tolgenhoff or Mrs. Snyder or whatever in front of clients. I rarely call them by their first name. I think that's really important. It's just the whole aura that we have. We are part of the legal team and we need to act professionally.
2: Vicki, I think, I think your article about Santa has already gone out into the virtual world. I read it either in your newsletter or on your blog, and it was terrific. Um, it's a great reading. I think everybody should read it. I liked the uh, Santa comparison a lot, even though he brought me a sinus infection. Um, <laughs> you must have two, been a bad girl, then. I, well, I don't even want to talk about that. I mean, what about Kim? Kim already admitted to making every mistake you could. I guess I'm starting to make too? the
3: second time. <laughs>
2: I just briefly want to talk about two wishes that kind of went hand in hand for me in Kim's article, and that is, I wish my paralegal knew it's okay to make mistakes and that I should be told immediately if a mistake has been made, and it's okay to ask questions. Accountability and communication go hand in hand for lawyers. Uh, And one of the top five hardest things to do as a paralegal, and everybody on this Panel discussion right now has been doing it for a long time, uh, is to go to your supervising attorney and admit that you've made a mistake. But remember, we all make them, and it is going to happen more than once, uh, even during a long, successful career. So I want to give you three tips for handling mistakes when you do come across them. First, don't point fingers. No matter who made it, if you find a mistake was made, tell the supervising attorney on the case as soon as possible. Second, correct them. When you go to your attorney to admit this mistake, which is one of the five hardest things you'll ever have to do as a paralegal, try to have several solutions in hand. Even though the attorney may want to handle it a different way, at least, you know, you've come up with some solutions and you're in a problem solving mo- mode, not in a finger pointing mode. Learn from them. That is number three. What can you do to avoid this? Mistake and prevent it from happening again. Um, I'm a big believer, you know, mistakes aren't such bad things if you learn from them. Um, and what are you learning? Uh, does the office filing, tickler, or case management system need to be improved or in some cases uh, implemented from scratch? Uh, and the other thing about uh, Kim's article is it's the okay to ask questions. Asking good questions helps you avoid making mistakes. Trying to find the answers yourself first and then going over your findings with the attorney can make you look really good. Asking the same questions over and over can ultimately get you fired. If you have a good supervising attorney or mentors in the office, they're going to be glad to answer your questions and guide you correctly. They don't want you making mistakes any more than you do. On teams where it's more difficult to communicate... Work on finding ways that do work, whether it's a quick email, stepping into the attorney's office for a quick question, if that's feasible, or scheduling daily or weekly messages where you can uh, hit your supervising attorney with your questions all at once. Uh, find something that works for your team. And last, uh, old-fashioned writing your questions down and documenting the answers. Uh, it's a surefire way to uh, make sure you walk
1: out of the office and don't ask that mistake, uh, same question again.
3: Those are great tips for mistakes.
1: You know what, Lynn, you said that that's really one of the five hardest things you'll have to do. And it is. And, uh, you know, when you miss, uh, say, a posting for a foreclosure, I mean, just something slips through the cracks because you were on vacation or whatever. And it's just devastating.
3: It is. I have yeah. this but, I have this reputation now after 27 years. I'm, I don't make as many mistakes as I used to, but I still make mistakes. So I always say I don't make mistakes that often, but when I do, they're really doozies. They're like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I did that.
1: Uh, even uh, a typo. Yes. <laughs> it's like I look at it and I go, how did I do that? <laughs> even with spell check, it just doesn't, you know, you do things like that. Well, and I think um, good paralegals are perfectionists, So, and we have type A
2: personalities, and coming across a mistake, whether we made it or somebody else made it, is always just a crushing feeling, as Vicky said. Um, now that we've discussed what attorneys wish their paralegals knew, and because it's Christmas, a time for granting a few wishes, uh, each of us are going to share one thing that paralegals wish their attorneys knew. Kim, you want to go first?
3: I would love to go first. I wish that attorneys would be more supportive very supportive of continuing education for paralegals and realize that investing in their paralegals is also investing in themselves because the more the paralegal knows, the better the lawyer looks.
1: I, I totally, agree. yeah, I agree with that too, Kim. Um, you know, in that article that you wrote, one attorney wished that his uh, Paralegal uh wishes paralegal knew more about technology, knew mm-hmm. all the systems and all of that. And you know, it's really been my experience that most paralegals are really willing to learn those new skills. Absolutely. But, but attorneys need to make sure that they get that training. Correct. And they have the time for the training. So those that's goes hand in hand with what you said, but I have to tell you my wish, and my wish is that attorneys would recognize the value of paralegals as a really important marketing tool for the firm. Now, ethically, mm-hmm. uh, paralegals can't solicit clients for the firm, but indirectly, they can attract clients to the firm. So my suggestion is that attorneys take their paralegals to events such as Chamber of Commerce meetings, the Bar Association meetings. Um, especially at uh, the Law Day meetings that are usually a little bit um, larger and then be sure to introduce them to people there so that everybody gets acquainted with them. The Chamber of Commerce is really important and the one thing they're going to find is that their paralegals may know a lot of people there so they can introduce the attorney to, to their um, their friends and acquaintances. Now another strategy is to um, identify paralegals on the firm's website. I suggest that their pictures be used and that their qualifications be listed because uh, clients are looking at all of that. And another thing that I think is really important is to recognize their achievements. And I live in a small town, so uh, a small ad in a newspaper congratulating an employee on, on something is really great advertising for the firm. And they should also include that recognition on the website. So that's how I think paralegals could be an important marketing tool for the firm.
2: Vicki, those are all great. Um, I agree with you 100%. I've always said, you know, paralegals are also the face of the firm, and they shouldn't be underrated in terms of um, attracting new business and keeping old business. I think a lot of our work goes a long way to keeping current clients happy and, you know, their word of mouth to their friends and family, uh, is our biggest source of referrals. So, you're right, paralegals are key in the marketing and success of a firm. I'm just briefly going to say my wish, um, and maybe I'm just not going to say it at all and hope that the attorneys can read my mind, but <laughs> no, they can't. So, you know, I wish that attorneys knew that we're just Plain old muggle, muggles, you know, we don't have any magical talent like Hermione Granger. We really do want to anticipate their needs, but we need the heads up or as much advance notice as possible. For anybody who's ever sat at their desk, wanted something um, done 15 minutes ago and never knew about it at all, um, we need as much notice as possible. Whether it's via email. Face-to-face, sharing a calendar, or using practice management software, or having regular meetings. Um, you know, working with your paralegal, planning priorities, letting her know what you need done first. All of those things go a long way
1: to uh, making your paralegal seem like a mind reader. Those are all good suggestions, Lynn, and I totally agree with having the meetings because that cuts down on interruptions. Uh, You know, attorneys need to let their staff get their work done, and if they're interrupting them all day with new work, then there's really no time to complete any project. So, uh, I think that's really important. Now, Kim, if someone wants to contact you about today's topic, how can they reach you?
3: Oh, they can reach me at 215 875 4657, or at my email, which is kwalker at bm.net. And I'd love to hear from anybody that has any questions.
1: You may be inundated with
2: calls, let me tell you. <laughs> I was going to say, you're the first guest to ever give out your phone number. <laughs> um, also, can you real quick give us the uh, link to your blog, and we'll also put it up in our uh, show notes. Oh, that would
3: be great. It's uh, paralegalpie.com.
2: Terrific. Um, if you have any questions about today's show, this is for listeners, uh, please feel free to email them to theparalegalvoice at gmail.com.
1: We're going to take another short break and come back with some paralegal news and announcements, so we'll be right back.
0: Interested in having a show on Legal Talk Network? We'd like to talk to you about building your firm's marketing strategy with Legal Podcasts. Give us a call at 781-551-9960. That's LegalTalkNetwork.com.
1: Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. This is the time when Lynn and I both give our our tips for you. And I thought of my tip when I was presenting your big billable hour breakthrough, how to turn your time into a billable hour goldmine this past week. Now, that course was designed to help you reach your billable hour goals in 2011. And I have two suggestions. First, never leave the office in the evening without entering your time. Uh, If you don't, you're going to lose time. And second, instead of hoping you'll meet your goals, you really should begin planning on January 1st how you'll meet your 2011 goals. And you should take into consideration how many hours you'll work each week and how many days you're going to work in the year, and then keep track of the totals monthly to be sure that you're on target. Thanks, Vicki. As a uh, plaintiff's uh, paralegal,
2: that's all a foreign language to me, but it sounds really good. (laughs) I mean, I would be lost. I think if I had to do billing, I'd have to consult you. Today's social media tips are going to be more in the form of suggestions for some quick, free, and relatively painless professional New Year's resolutions. First of all, if you don't have a LinkedIn uh, profile, which is your online virtual resume, this is a great time of year to create one, you would be surprised at how little time that would take. It's also a good time to take a look at your existing profile and update that. If you listen to the show, um, Vicki and I would both welcome LinkedIn invites from you. Uh, second, set up an RSS reader. Those of you who haven't done it yet and think it's some big, mysterious technology, uh, it takes about five minutes to learn how to use it. The iTunes feed for the show offers an RSS subscription. You can put that into your RSS feed reader and never miss a show. You can also put feeds, from the very hilarious site, I Can Has Cheeseburger, and we'll add the link to our show notes so that you'll have plenty of laughs during tough days. And also, I would really encourage you, again, to follow some legal blogs in your specialty area using that RSS feed reader you set up. Comment on one of your favorite bloggers' posts. You'll not only make their day, uh, but commenting can be the start of establishing a professional relationship with that blogger. You never know where I'll go. I've met
1: some of my best friends commenting on their blogs. Thanks, Lynn. Those are great tips. That's all the time we have today for The Paralegal Voice. Don't forget to check out the show notes on our blogs, practicalparalegalism.com and paralegalmentor.com.
2: This is Lynn DeVenni.
1: And this is Vicki Voison, thanking you for joining us today and reminding you to make your paralegal voice heard
0: the views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to The Paralegal Voice with Linda Venny and Vicki Voison. This podcast is produced by The Legal Talk Network. Be sure to get the next edition of the podcast. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes.